This is episode number two <laughs> of yeah. The Jesus Way. We're back. We're in action here. And we wanted to talk about the gospel because it, there's nothing more essential um, to true Christianity than the gospel. And mm-hmm. yet that idea of the gospel is a word that's often thrown around. Yeah. Um, and yet I think the meaning and the depth of it is often not fully understood. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, we're, we're looking to to mine that deep gold mine of gospel truth yes today. yeah yeah I think I think our hope today was just to make sure we kind of you know set the tone for the rest of every every podcast we you know produce which is you know the gospel and fill in the blank and we, we don't we don't want to assume people know what the gospel is I feel like it is a word we throw out so we thought it'd be great that this could maybe be like an anchor or a reference point. So we say the gospel and politics, or we say the gospel and free speech, or whatever the topic could be. Yeah. It would be a great way for us to say, hey, but this is the gospel. And we're trying to do our best to, to view this as good news, but also a lens and a framework in which we see life, in which we have life and life more abundantly. Um, so, I mean, let's just start very basic. And I mean, Brandon, you know, what is the gospel? Because it, it does have some either negative ter- like terms to it or... Uh, misunderstandings but but simply put what is the gospel it's so hard to to i feel like i'm so hesitant to give like a a twitter answer to Dude, that just just say it and then unpack it okay fair enough yeah i mean and it, it is yeah fundamentally the gospel is the good news that i would say first of all there even is a god that mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. and then it's that god has revealed himself in the person of christ we can call God by a name. Mm-hmm. He's not just a spirit in the sky, like the 60s, 1960s rock song <laughs> says. He's specific. He has incarnated himself. His yeah. name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's good, and he's given us good news. And the good mm-hmm. news that he's given us is really a message of himself. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's, it's a revelation of his nature, and it's a revelation of our nature. And when those two things collide, we find ourselves utterly utterly in need of him and mm-hmm. the good news is that our need has an answer mm-hmm. our deepest problem has a solution mm-hmm. and um the gospel is the good news that god in christ has atoned for the sins of all humanity mm-hmm. he swallowed up the wrath mm-hmm. there's the wrath feature to it that's very real that mm-hmm. is very unpopular but very real mm-hmm. and he has provided a way he has provided a way for any person to come into a relationship with the creator of the universe, yeah. to be holy enough, to be good enough, mm-hmm. to be able to be united in fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way that it's possible because no one else has died for our sins. It's yes. only Jesus. Only Jesus came and died the death that we deserved and lived the life that we couldn't live. Yeah. Only Jesus did the thing that we needed to be done and thank god it was jesus god himself who was willing to do it because he's the only one who has the power mm-hmm. for it to mean anything mm-hmm. if, if you can't you can't pour all of the sins of the world into a flower and that flower absorb it it doesn't work that way you ha- you actually have to be able to absorb all of the sins of the world. You actually have to be like, literally God is the only person who could have done it. And and that would be a sufficient sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, I'm hinting at all these different ideas within it. For sure. But I think to land that plane, 
It's the good news that God has made a way for us to be with him in dying for our sins and on, on the cross and rising again, conquering death yeah. and allowing us to be redeemed and mm-hmm. with the Father. Yes, that's so good. I mean, because I, I think for me, when I heard the word as a child, it had almost different meanings than it has today. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a word that kind of takes, even though the gospel doesn't change, it almost takes on new applications and it does somewhat morph in my life, right? But it's, it's the same unchanging person, unchanging message. Um, but I, what I love about the gospel, I think, what it, you know, I needed to hear and kind of see it play out and develop my life was, you know, it is this announcement of good news, like over us. Hmm. It's that classic example of, you know, the war is won in some far off land, some far off country, and they send a messenger. It's like, go, go back home, run home, run the marathon, whatever, get back home and tell them, like, we have won, the war is over. And I think if you're just a common person, you hear someone coming and say, you know that war we're wondering what happened? Like, we won. We won. Yeah. And, like, guess what? The general's coming back. The king is coming back. And we're kind of in that period of we found out we won, hmm. and we're waiting for the, the general or the king to come back. Hmm. You know, we're waiting to go, wow, we won now. Like, we can't wait for him to, you know, come, and we receive him as that royal victor that he is. Hmm. Uh, but there's so many different ways to talk through it. I, th- I think that is what I needed in my, like, life, which was I heard so often, I think, the gospel in just Jesus died for my sins. And, yeah. But no one explained, like, sins. No one explained death. No one explained what he, he died and what it saved me from, yeah. I guess, in, in some ways. Um, That's why it's, hard, it's, like, hard to be like, what is the gospel? And to give, like, kind of a soundbite or a Twitter answer. Because um, when you – and, in fact, I would even say that, that that is, like, a large part of the problem and, like, the reason for the misunderstanding is, like, it's, it's something that I think has been encapsulated in a very small form – but without all of the necessary pieces that make it ring and, 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 and uh, that make it not, not make it ring true, but that make it uh, to, that make it something that would elicit worship as a response yes, to it. And, and in order for that to happen, you have to understand basically your own condition, your own mortality, your mm-hmm. own depravity, yes. your own desperate, desperate need for God. If you don't have that, you're like, okay, Jesus died and on the cross. Like basically, yeah. why do I care? Like yeah. it basically doesn't, it doesn't really matter that much to a person who who hasn't had a realization of their own need for God and their own inadequacy yes. and their and their own power, basically. Mm, that's so good. I mean, I mean, I wanna like start even here too, because I mean obviously we can try to give it a, a summary, we can unpack it, we will do that, I guess, but you know, I think Paul gives us that simple definition. Mm-hmm. Um, it's first Corinthians fifteen, yeah. verse three. He says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And he goes on to his appearing, like who he appeared in front of. But think about that summary. Christ died for our sins according to the word of God. Christ rose again according to the word of God. That the death and resurrection was foreseen, planned, prophesied about, Hmm. and fulfilled. Hmm. And... You know, when you just break it, I mean, I love, what I love about the gospel truly is that it is, it truly is simple. Like we talked about, I think, I think a little bit in the first, but we need to understand like my son who is six can understand the good news. Yeah. Now I want to develop that in him and I want to grow his understanding and the depth of it. But there is this, like anyone can hear this and go, Jesus died for your sins, for you, Mm -hmm. according to God's word, you know, and he rose again. And both are so necessary. And, we, you know, we have, you know, obviously Good Friday coming up. We have Easter Sunday coming up. And I, we could focus on the cross and the resurrection. Um, 
But I, I just also think there's this like uh, this depth and richness there. There's that analogy of the gospel is like a diamond. There's many sides and mm-hmm. just many beautiful angles we can kind of look at it from. And I, I think in some ways we want to do that because we don't want to just move on. We don't want to say Jesus died for your sins, rose from the grave. Okay, like, I don't know if I feel, we have to feel the weight of that. We I have know. to experience the weight of that, the weight of that glory, what that does. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is so transforming. And, and there is something about it that's so spiritual. It's, it's not just a proposition that you say, yes, I agree to that. Yeah. Like the, there's a verse, I think in Isaiah or Jeremiah that talks about the angels are gazing into the gospel mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's like they, they, yeah, Peter, yes. Or is it Peter? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. What, what does it say? Yeah, that even the angels desire to look into these things, and these things are referring to the fact that like, wait, God would leave heaven, come to earth. Yes, that's why I think the announcement from angels, like uh, the Lord has come, you know, the shepherds, are like wait, what? I know, and, and interestingly, there's not a gospel for angels. Like mm-hmm. a third of the angels fell. Mm-hmm. That, as far as I know, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's something about like them looking to their Creator and and asking like, what has God done? What has God done for man? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that like his nature is, is I mean, there's something that's Obviously. so mysterious to yes. them about it. Yeah. I think it's very spiritual. I, I mean, it's kind of a, maybe almost a cliche thing, but I really think it's true that um, if you basically think that you like fully understand it and mm-hmm. like, I, I, that's like elementary school, then you need to focus on it even more because there is an aspect to it that like, it should never be taken for granted. And it's, again, it's not just this proposition that you this box that you check or this proposition that you say, yes, I, I consent to that. That's right. Jesus died on the cross. That's yeah. right. I, yep. Check. Got yes, it. I know. It's, it's not like that at all. You know, it's something that is renewed in terms of its meaning. Um, I mean, every time that I stumble and fall mm-hmm. in, in any way in, in any, into any sin, every time that I am coming back to God, I'm appreciating the gospel again mm-hmm. because it's always through mm-hmm. the lens of Christ and it's always at the spot where the shadow of the cross falls mm-hmm. on the empty tomb that I'm able to come to God and yes. say like, thank you so much mm-hmm. that you've made a way and that I can come boldly to the throne of grace and I don't have to beat myself over, you know, over my back and mm-hmm. flagellate myself mm-hmm. on my own sin. Like you have made it so that I can come to you again and again and you don't give up on me and you're not disgusted with me and you love me. And like the prodigal, mm-hmm. the story yes. of the prodigal yes. sons of the father, you're actually waiting for repenters. You're, yes. you're, you're like running toward repenters that like God is running toward people who repent. And I, and it's th- the gospel rings true and, and it makes my heart sing every time that like I apply it and I need it. And I like, you become thankful yes. for it as you go through life. I mean, I don't want to like pass over that because I, I feel like we wait through the, the prodigal son story out there. I mean, it's so beautiful what you, you know, I, for me, I like, I think 20 or 21, I picked up Keller's book, The Prodigal God. And I feel like, so I'm just reading that because it's, it is so much more than intellectually agreeing it, but like, you're like reading it as you weep, you're taking it in, you're absorbing it, you're going, wait, I don't think I felt the weight of the parable in that moment, in that time period, how much it must have meant to the people hearing it for the first time. Because we heard it so much, it loses its weight, it loses yeah. its like glory. And I think I need to sometimes approach the scriptures like I'm hearing it from their context for the very first time. Yeah. Because you you know that the illustrations or the analogies he's given are so profound, so beautiful. Um, but in, I haven't read that book. Oh my gosh. Can I? Can you unpack? I've like, like stolen that like 15 times. Yeah. I mean, prodigal God. So it's called prodigal God. The word prodigal means recklessly extravagant, having spent everything. And so obviously we look at the prodigal son, the, the son who asked for his inheritance and wastes it. We go, he's the prodigal son. But just the idea of God being recklessly extravagant. He spent everything. Hmm. He gave everything. You know, he who is rich became poor, 
right? So that we, through his poverty, might become rich. It's, it's this God who says, let me leave it all for you. I will become like a prodigal in the sense of I will leave it all. I will spend it all for you. But the beautiful part about, about the prodigal son, about the gospel, is in Luke 15, before you even get, obviously, to the prodigal son story, you know, he's talking about the lost coin, the lost sheep. There's a couple of analogies. But before that, it says Jesus is with sinners and tax collectors. And it seems that Luke 15, like verse 1 through 3, it seems to make a very clear distinction that I'm going to kind of portray two different types of people. You know, the sinners and the the, the tax collectors and the sinners, sorry, and the Pharisees and the scribes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, those are two groups. Yep. So <clears throat> it's, he's looking at like, okay, there's tax collectors and sinners and there's scribes and Pharisees. There's those who everyone knows are unrighteous, quote unquote, and there's everyone who knows they are the righteous group. And so obviously you have these two groups reflecting the older and the younger brother. Hmm. And so you have the idea of like, okay, we know who the, the sinner is, the prodigal, the tax collectors and sinners, right? But the scribe and Pharisees, the older brother. And again, what, I, what is so beautiful about this parable is the father, yes, he sees the, the son coming home and he goes, maybe, just maybe he'll let me be a servant in his house. And obviously the father's expectation is way different, but he runs to him. He puts the robe on him, the ring on him, kills the fatted calf. I mean, it's, I don't think we got to spend time on that, but it's almost like yeah. that alone is so beautiful and worth spending time on. Yeah. But you think about, he did the same thing for the older brother in a different way, which is the older brother's bitter. He goes, he, he just spent half his inheritance. Why I never had the fatty calf killed for me. And it's crazy because you think about how disrespectful it would be in this parable where the father's throwing a party and here's the older brother not going in, mm-hmm. not celebrating. And you go, you're dishonoring your father. Like you feel like your younger brother was dishonoring. You're dishonoring him in your own way. Hmm. The, the servants are celebrating. The father's celebrating. And you're outside having a pity party. But what does the father do? He goes to him. And he, he says, don't you know that all these things have been yours this whole time? But he, he didn't have to go to him. He didn't have to, just like he ran to the prodigal son, quote unquote, he runs to the older brother who's the other prodigal son. So it's really the story of the prodigal sons, you know? And then what I love is this is something good. he does. So, this is really so good. good. Which is so good. It just kind of ends with... Does the older son go in the party? Like it doesn't, we don't know. Jesus like left it like a cliffhanger story. Like wow. we don't know if he goes in. So the question that is being proposed to the, the Pharisees and the scribes, they're listening to Jesus tell the story. They're mm-hmm. listening to him. And he's like, are you going to come in? I'm celebrating with the sinners and the tax collectors. Wow. Uh, my father, he runs and embraces them. Are you going to be outside like this, like like the older son who I described? Are you going to come in and celebrate with us? Wow. Like repentance is available to you. So that was grace and humility for the father to go to the son who's having a pity party and being disrespectful in his own way. Yeah. And then what I love about the whole, and I'm just giving away the, the book. Yeah. But I, what I love about this is like, we go, which son are you? And you go, I, I've been both. And I think what meant a lot to me, when we talk about the, the gospel, there should, I believe, be almost like different points where it feels like you got saved again. And what I mean by that is, I think a beautiful thing of sanctification is I like when you talk about you know justified I I'm declared righteous I'm declared innocent I'm you know forgiven and free but you look at sanctification it's like I'm being saved God is working and transforming through the Holy Spirit and through grace being made more into the image of Jesus and so sometimes I feel like sanctification almost feels like mini salvations <laughs> like yeah that's the only way I can put it it's like it feels like different scenes like how does like a little mini salvation yeah yeah and, that's so true I mean yeah I, I, I want I, I don't mean to cut you off. And I don't have much, I mean, I'm going to keep what I want to say. Yeah, sure. No, go. This is a parenthesis. No, I know. That's long. But, but I, um, I relate so much to what you just said in the sense that you, what, what you basically feel and experience towards God the first time in salvation Mm. is literally the same thing that you feel when you come to him in repentance. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's just like 
it's like first I'm turning away from what I've done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Forgive me. Mm -hmm. And then it's like you experience that he's like, I completely forgive you. Mm -hmm. You're my, you're my beloved son with whom I'm, you know, and it's like the same, the same, like this, it's too good to be true feeling Mm -hmm. that, that you, that any person who, who is a Christian knows well, the feeling of the, I'm not saying feeling as if it's an emotion, but the experience of salvation yeah. that every believer knows is, I think, reflected again and again and again every time that we come to God through the cross and say, it's me again. Yes. And, and he goes, yep, yeah. I'm not giving up on you. Mm-hmm. I got yes. you. I'm right here. I'm right so, here. And it really is the same. It's a yeah. microcosm of salvation in mm-hmm. some ways again and again and again. That's so good. I mean, it is. I mean, again, the... Jesus in these like 15 verses of the prodigal son, I mean, portrays so much of the heart of God toward, toward us that we can just read it so quickly and not like let it soak in. And uh, I mean, but you're right. I mean, it is the father who's on that porch looking for the son, you know, and then he doesn't know he's, he can be there to ask for more money. You know, why is he coming back? Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to run to him, you know? And, 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 but I guess the, the beautiful thing to me is I feel like I've been both at different points in time. There's sometimes this, um, self-discovery mode we get into and that's what we talked about in the book it's almost like i don't need my father i don't need god i'm gonna do whatever i want and you're kind of on this path of self-discovery mm-hmm. what you find is just a damning path it leads to more pain more misery you're a terrible god you end up with the pigs you end up with you know swine like you're not enjoying anything you you just you're you're a terrible god to serve yeah and then you have maybe a path of like self-righteousness uh, a path where you think i can do it i can work for it I, i'm good I'm morally acceptable mm-hmm. and you find your salvation again, not in your, not in this loving relationship with the father either. It's not, neither one were based out of love. Yeah. You know, they both had their own paths to this. sense, like this superiority or feeling of, I want to find salvation my way. I want to find salvation my way rather than just enjoying the father hmm. rather than just having deep relationship with the father. But what I love is, and he portrays the whole book. I'm going to give the ending because it does feel like he's giving away an ending to a movie. You go, yes, that's the answer. Which is going, you know, we are both sons at different points in our life. Mm. You know, sometimes we like jump ship and go from self-discovery to just moral right. You know, it's kind of gross. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. But his point is, there's not just two sons in the story. There's a third son in the story. Like, who is the third son? It's the son telling the story. Meaning, mm. you don't have to be the older or younger. You... You have a new a son that you are now in. You're in Christ. You have a new identity. He covers you. He's the son that was actually the good son, the faithful son. Hmm. He was a son who had intimacy with the father. He was a son who invites us into this intimacy with the father. It's almost like both options are not great options. <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't want to be either the younger or the older. You don't. Yeah. They both In the story, they both blow it in different ways. But it's like, but there is the son who's telling the story. And that's where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, Jesus, the third option, the best option. You know, the primary option. Um, that's that's so that's such a good parable because it it like literally gets at like with that one story it basically encapsulates essentially like all humans i know it like does it, it's crazy it does. i remember and that's a tim keller book yeah the prodigal god I, I remember in a sermon by tim keller which makes sense because it's the same i guess mind that's processing yes. this information and he he said something that was so cool he said in the same way that Christ was crucified between two thieves, mm-hmm. the gospel is mm. being crucified between two thieves. Mm-hmm. What are the two thieves? Mm-hmm. 
on the left is moralism, which is like the older brother. Yes. Yep. And on the right is um, basically like liberalism or just like whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah. like lawless. Uh, Almost hedonism. Hedonism. Yeah. Right. So it's either like the total just I'm going to the pigsty mm-hmm. or it's the I've got I don't need I don't need the, the gospel. Yeah. And I thought that's beautiful, a beautiful way of saying that. Like there are thieves that are robbing mm-hmm. the truth out of the gospel, the deceiving and stealing mm-hmm. the beautiful message. From the center. From, from the, the center. Yeah. From the, from the, from the third son and yeah. the center who's like, you know, neither of those approaches are, yes. are going to be necessary. I, I have a follow-up question for you though. Um, what do you make of the person who, um, do you think it's just a matter of timing? If someone doesn't seem like they fit into either of those categories from their own perception, the person who would say like, hey, I feel like I'm fine. I feel like I'm enjoying my life. I'm doing my yoga. I'm getting up at five. I love my job. I feel like I'm fine. I don't feel like I need this gospel message. Mm. Man, it's weird. Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough question because I feel like everything we enjoy in life, you know, we we have to go. Wow, God! Every good and perfect gift comes from you. And there's some sense of. It's, God is so good, right? The fact that anyone can have a baby and look at the baby and stare in its eyes and go, this is so beautiful, so mm-hmm. fun. The fact that anyone can have a good meal or travel and enjoy waterfalls and creation, like all of that stuff, you just go, yeah, you get, you're enjoying what God made. Yeah. And there's more. You yeah. like, like, you think that's good? There's more. And, you know, I guess my, my point is, I don't know, when people are kind of on this path of, I don't, I'm pretty good, I don't need God. I, you know, I don't know. Jesus talks about either you fall on the rock or the rock falls on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I think, I don't know. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at is, God obviously meets people in different ways. Um, and I, I would rather have people fall on a rock than the rock fall on them. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think sometimes even for me, I, there's something really necessary, like about a book like Ecclesiastes, right? Yeah. When you, when I almost, I, I've had a friend say to me, before you read the gospels, like if you're trying to share the gospel with someone, like the good news of someone, like have them read Ecclesiastes first. And I thought that was always pretty good advice because you read it, it almost feels like this, this heart of mankind of like vanity of vanity, everything's vanity. Yeah. Everything's meaningless. He bases on this route. He's like money, meaningless, you know, power, women, just yeah. nonstop sensual fun in any, you imagine it, I've done it, yeah. meaningless. Yeah. You know, and here's a guy who's kind of exploring all those things and, and you know, people can have macro, you know, experiences like that where they mm-hmm. can have a lot of money to do that or just in these micro kind of like in these small ways, they have these little experience, these little highs. And, but you kind of, I think everyone kind of realizes like there is this empty void in me. Mm-hmm. What is that? And it yeah. is this, like, you know, that's why, I mean, obviously we develop addictions in certain things. It's like, yeah. I have to fill this to some extreme. And I look at Ecclesiastes like, this is man's all. Fear God, keep his commandments. But I, I think it's really like leaving the door open for here is the person of Jesus yeah. who who brings meaning to the meaningless, you know? Yeah, that's a good answer. I didn't think you were going to go there. To, Sorry, to, but yeah. that's, that's a really good answer. But the dissatisfaction, I just think that's something we have to... Have you ever seen that video that they play at um, like treatment centers for mm-hmm. for like drug and alcohol addiction yeah. it's a video it it takes place on like a 2d um it's basically like a 2d video like it's like a bird that's going from left to right on kind of this treadmill of things that are coming past it if you can okay. get a picture it's 2d almost like you're playing like mario kart or something. Yeah. <laughs> and the bird and everything is is white i'm sorry the bird is is black mm-hmm. and everything else around it, the environment is white and it's going along and all of a sudden there's this little dot of yellow and the dot of yellow passes the bird and he kind of looks at it. And he's like, what is that? He's curious by it, but he lets it pass. But the second time it, it kind of comes toward him, he's like curious again, 
I think he'll have a little bit. So he puts his beak into this yellow dot and takes a sip of it. Mm -hmm. And then he turns yellow and flies and soars up into the frame and is like the happiest little bird you've ever seen. And then comes down and lands. Mm -hmm. But when he lands, he is a little bit more gray. He's gone from... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He's, he's a little, yeah, he, he's a little bit more white and the, and the environment is a little bit more gray. You're like, gotcha. Okay. So then he goes along again and now you can tell that he's looking for something. Comes along again. There's a little bit of a bigger yellow dot. Mm -hmm. He sucks it up, soars again, mm -hmm. and then comes down mm -hmm. and, and the colors change again. Yeah. Goes again. And then every time that he takes it, the soar, the height becomes a little bit lower mm -hmm. and the, and the length of it becomes a little bit less. Mm -hmm. And finally he is the exact opposite of the color of his environment. He's living in this totally dark shadow world mm -hmm. and he's just haunted by where's the next dock that come. And finally mm -hmm. he sees it and he, and just siphons down as much of it as he can get and tries to fly mm -hmm. and cannot mm -hmm. get off the ground. And then okay. he just sinks his head down in utter, depression basically <laughs> this is a video <laughs> it's, it's a it's such a powerful video yeah i mean so i just can't imagine like playing this hey watch this bird here we go but you watch it and you're yeah. like you're like that is a perfect visualization a perfect symbol for what not only a, the addiction cycle looks like but in a lot yeah. of ways i would say like broadening the, the kind of scope out I, I think that that's like basically the human experience mm -hmm. and i feel like i mean this is my i asked the question but one of my takes on it or like it's hard to say, but like, I'm curious if a person who's like, I'm doing good yeah. right now, I don't need anything. It's just that bird that's soaring up high right now because they've just taken in all of that yellow fill in the blank. Yeah. It could be any of the things that Solomon mentions. It could be sex, drugs, rock and roll, <laughs> achievement. Yeah. It could be anything that you consume. You, you know, you take it into yeah. your beak and you soar with it a little bit. But I think Solomon's point is like you're going to come back down mm -hmm. and you're going to find that all of those things are meaningless. Yes. And the only thing that you can drink of and the only well that doesn't ever run dry is the living water yes, of yeah. Christ himself. Yes. Dude, that's so good. I mean, I have so many thoughts on that. It's amazing. And that's a great actual illustration, I think, for that. You know, I, I, we always like look at like, well, they, they need it. They're in recovery. You know, we don't see ourselves as broken people. You know, and I think we need to see like, the gospel is obviously such good news because the bad news is so bad. Yeah. And I, I, I shared a quote this weekend at church. I think it's Francis Schaeffer. Someone asked him like, you know, if you had an hour to you know, share the gospel on a train when people use trains then, you know, what would you do? And he, his answer was basically, I would take 45 minutes, 45 minutes to, to paint the picture of how, how terrible they are. Life is like the universe. Like, like I'm basically trying to paint this awful picture and then spend maybe 10 to 15 minutes telling them what Jesus did for us. Wow. And just the idea of like, wow, like you, you, we don't maybe spend enough time on the bad news. You know, we don't realize like this is not just for someone else. Like I'm a broken, messed up, flawed, disgusting human. Yeah. Uh, my heart is constantly bent towards per perversion. Just mm -hmm. an anything anti-God, anything just me, anything my flesh, anything myself. Um, and it's weird when you see it come out. It's really weird. I think what happened for me, some, I I'd said some things to people I remember like it started haunting me, you know, and I, you know, I think everyone's like waiting for maybe some sort of big sin or some things, but mm -hmm. it's weird how these little things creep into your heart or mind, your beliefs, your thoughts, and you go, my heart is just gross. It is wicked. Like a little yeah. leaven leavens the whole up kind of thing. And I think it goes back to what Jesus said in Luke 7, which he's talking about, if you're forgiven of much, you love much. And I don't think we realize we're the person forgiven of much. Like yeah. it doesn't matter what your testimony is or my story, you know, it doesn't matter if you got saved at five years old, if you got saved at, you know, 50 years old, 80 years old. Yeah. I've been forgiven of much. Yeah. Of much. Yeah. Um, I'm be, I just, it's unbelievable to me. I think it's almost like the idea is, is God is light in him is no darkness. Mm. 
I am, there's darkness in me. The closer I draw near to God who's light, the more he exposes that darkness. So I think yeah. the closer you get to God, the more you realize I'm not that good. Like, yeah. I'm not as good as I thought I am. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why you see these responses in scriptures of woe is me. I'm undone. Because when you truly get to God who dwells in light unapproachable, you realize there's a lot of filth in me still in me. Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes you go, and I, I still need grace. I still need this gospel. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, we kind of were hinting at that. I want to make sure we, we say it is we never graduate from this topic. Yeah. You know, and it's not like, oh, I heard the gospel. Josiah read First Corinthians 15. You know, no, it's like the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian faith. As Keller puts it so brilliantly, he says it's the A to Z. Yeah. You know, so the gospel is not the starting point. It is the center point. It's the yeah. only point, really. Yeah. Like, so we everything has to be filtered through through this. Uh, my identity now is hidden in Christ. Yeah. I am now a new creation. My identity is not in how the world wants me to identify. The world is like I really do believe this, and this is what kind of grieves, grieves my heart. And this is where I think we got to talk about gospel mm-hmm. identity. So any topic we're trying to trying to talk about, obviously where I'm born. What time period, what kind of economic family, social family, all those things affect me and how I think. I can't deny that. They, they play into it. But the world really wants you to play into it, I think, to an extreme mm-hmm. where it's saying, I'm, I am, my life is hidden in Christ. So Josiah, like I'm hidden in Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do my best to say, Jesus, not my will, but your will. Like my point being, I want my identity to be seen so in Jesus, so in the gospel. Because yeah. I really do believe the enemy is brilliant of going, how can our identity be based in race? How can our identity be based in um, your social status or your income? Or what, how can your identity be based in some sort of social kind of factor when we're saying, no, your identity is, you're in Christ. You're an image bearer of God. You're Mago. Like, make that your primary identity. Um, and watch how now you, you, how you speak to someone who you completely disagree with. Because yeah. you're, you're doing it for this place of, I want to be like Jesus in this moment. I want to represent the gospel in this moment, the Jesus in this moment. So I believe that this is, I mean, there is a fight for our identity and we're trying to like basically start off every podcast to say, don't forget if you believe in this good news, this is now your, your, your identity. You are in Christ. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's so good. And I, the, the cool, the coolest thing about that for me is that there's literally like basically no self-convincing or willpower mm-hmm. that takes point at that place. You're not like, like, it's not like, uh, what's like, I'm like reciting a thing like my identity, my identity. It's like, when yeah. you are in Christ, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a new creation. Yes. Like old things have passed away. Like, yes. like God, God is telling me who I am and he's telling me that I'm his son mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm receiving that. And that's changing my mm-hmm. life and totally reshaping gosh. the way that I view myself. It's, it's yes. not like, um, a chore or something that's religious or ritualistic. It's literally receiving like the father telling you like you're mine now you're yeah. adopted into my family you're totally accepted mm-hmm. you're you're part of the club welcome to team jesus you yes. this is who you are and like you the, the that the connection with god the acceptance that comes it, it's something that's so hard to articulate to people who have not been born again because if if you have been you you know that you have been. Yeah. And if you haven't been hearing someone who has articulated, it's like, maybe I, I had that one time. I had a really good glass of wine and I watched a sunset. <laughs> I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Mm. And it's one of those things that's hard to translate. Like mm. it's, it, it's something that you, you literally 
are are given a new name, your name, you know, in, yes. in heaven, and you are, and you receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, which is so significant because that is a deposit. Mm you know, mm-hmm. a down payment yes. for everything that you will receive in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and heaven is obviously the ultimate mm-hmm. joy, peace, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's being fully, completely mm-hmm. with God. But to be, the way that I view it is that there's so many, there's, it's actually crazy. Like the language that's given in the New Testament basically includes everything that the human heart longs for. Yes. Family, mm-hmm. marriage, mm-hmm. I mean, like it's like the the extent of the gospel metaphors that exist literally reach to every nook and cranny of human longing. You're absolutely right. I mean, even that idea of maybe like royalty. Yeah. Right? And it's like, and sometimes it can be in an ego driven way. And yeah. It's like in this redemptive view, like no, this is your this is the the family line you're a part of. Yeah. Priesthood, wanting to essentially have this connection to the spiritual, but like that spiritual is God, obviously. But like, why are we a royal priesthood? Like all these different terms, you're right. And it's funny, I think you're, you're spot on because how it's hard to explain this, right? But you, I, I, I think about what you were describing. You, we've all had people say things over us that have like stuck with us. Mm-hmm. I've had people say things about me that have like haunted me. Mm-hmm. You, Josiah, are this. And I play into that. Mm-hmm. I am this. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of those things, like I don't want to repeat because they, they hurt you so deeply. Those yeah. words go so deep. It stays with you. They label you so they can dismiss you. And it's like God labels you so he can bring you bring you in. And what I love is when someone says, you are this, and like, I guess I am that. I guess I'll forever be that. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. And then God speaks over, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are that new creation. So You're good. mine. I am my beloved. My beloved is mine. Like, what God says over us is like everything you've ever heard people say over you, I'm speaking something else over you. And that is what is so beautiful about the gospel. It's like, I found my identity in those things. We, even if people said flattering things are good things, you know, to me in my mind, like it could be a good thing. It's like, I'm finding my identity in these things. And Jesus is like, I have a better identity for you. Yeah. And, you know, we have to be willing to give up what we thought we were, what someone told us we were, what we want to be, because what God says we are is so much better. And I think that's part of that gospel language, that gospel identity, you know, we're talking about. Um, there's just, again, that's why I feel like this is inexhaustible. I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it, it has to be more than um, just surface level. So I almost want to bring up this thought. Um, Matt Chandler wrote a book called The Explicit Gospel, and he has like two talking points I thought were kind of interesting. He basically looks at the book, I, I think in kind of two parts, but he talks about the gospel on the ground and the gospel in the air. I don't know if you've heard that or read that. or cool. um, It's basically trying to, the gospel on the ground versus gospel in the air. Mm-hmm. Not to get too weird, but he's saying, you know, the gospel kind of has a couple approaches. Um, what must I do to be saved? That's like yeah. gospel on the ground. And what hope is there for the world? And he's saying like the gospel, you can, the gospel has answers on that, that level for me. Like what must I do to be right with God, to be saved, to, to know again that I have eternal life or safety. Like what, what does that look like? And then there's a, what hope is there for the world? And so you must say the word gospel, I feel like is used interchangeably kind of for this individual level, but also for like a community world-based level. Like this is the hope for the world. Um, So he kind of approaches it from that 30,000 feet gospel, the hope for the world, you know, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, kind of he looks at this four big kind of, I guess, um, epics in scripture where he's like going, hey, this is like what it's defined by and this is what you need. Like I need the gospel personally and I, we need the gospel for the world. Yeah. Um, I would say explore that because it's, it's cool to see the gospel in a personal way and in a, this is exactly what the world is longing for like you're getting at. Which also ties into another deep human longing, which is like to be a part of an adventure, to be a yeah. part of a mission, to mm-hmm. be a part of like, 
a life that actually has meaning that doesn't end when your short lifespan ends. Mm -hmm. Like the meaning of life is just like the salary that you earn or like the house that you have or mm -hmm. whatever else you're kind of clinging on to, to give yourself identity and yeah. meaning. Mm -hmm. If all of that ends when, when your life ends, it's really, I mean, the human experience it w would truly be very tragic. Mm -hmm. it, it would be it's crazy. We, we, we would be like this blip on the map on this particular planet yep. in this one part of the galaxy and our lives last for like they're a little bit of time and then they end and like literally nothing would mean anything. Yeah. It's like nihilism moments. It's just, I would be it, there. If it, it's no, so yeah. nihilistic. Yeah. But like if the gospel is true, if, if we're actually created for heaven and playing out our lives on earth and every little thing that we do actually matters mm -hmm. for eternity, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then like that, I guess you're saying like the horizontal gospel or whatever, or however, yeah. you, however you said it, like the way that we live out our lives in light of the gospel for the time that we have on the earth, yeah. it's like, boom, life is charged with so much meaning. Mm -hmm. Like literally everything matters. Yep. Like if God is actually wow. omnipresent and actually omniscient, and he's actually like paying attention to all of our little comings and goings, then like, I think his name is brother, either brother Andrew or brother Lawrence. I think it was brother Andrew was like a, um, basically a monk, but he wrote this book called, I think practicing the presence of God. I think it's Lawrence, but yes. Brother Lawrence, yes. you're right. Brother yeah. Lawrence yep. practicing the presence of God. And he basically just talks about like doing crazy. the dishes. Yes. That's like what his job was. To right? the glory of it's God. So crazy. And but that, goes. but that, that is like. That's where God met him by the way. Like God met him in doing the dishes. And sorry, but that's to me, doesn't God meet us sometimes in the mundane? That's what, that's what right? I'm saying. It's, it's like, yes. it's like literally everything is it is charged with glory and meaning yes. because of god and literally nothing has any glory or means anything without him mm -hmm. like if everything just ends and in, in, mm -hmm. in the relatively near future as the universe heads towards a heat death isn't that what paul says then eat drink be merry for tomorrow we die i mean that yeah. was the saying of their day and paul's like i would agree if christ is not risen it's basically that argument like yes yeah. If Christ is not risen, if there is no God, you know, and I, I think this this is so key for us because why why we should carry these beliefs to their end. Exactly. Know? Yes. And, and, and it basically, so what I'm saying is like the meaning that exists suddenly, like if, if the gospel is true, if God is real, then suddenly everything matters because everything's being recorded. And, and, and like, that's first of all, like horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But second of all, and, but, and humbling, but it's also like, oh my gosh, like, the entire game of life just changed fundamentally. Yes. Like it's totally different now. Yes. Now it's like, it's like a mission. Like yeah. there's literally a mission to, to life and, and, yeah. a, and like a rewarding, satisfying, amazing way. And it's like, I, you're allowing me to be a, a harbinger of your message yes. to the people around me. Like how did, how did I get to be the lucky one that has like mm. that has like found the treasure in the field, yeah. yes. and I like I'm willing, I like I want to sell everything that I can to mm. get it, and like somehow I have it. Mm. It's like the secret. It's like mm. this treasure that I that I hold in my heart now. I like I know, I know who I am. Mm. I know where I'm from. I I know what I'm for. Yes. I know where I'm going. I know whose I am. Mm -hmm. I, I have this treasure that's so mm. amazing now, and I still exist in this kind of temporary like fishbowl mm. like i'm like a, i'm like a wild fish from the sea yeah. that's been dropped into a fishbowl swimming with other fish in the bowl and but i've actually been to the sea and i actually know we're all going to the sea mm -hmm. like I, i've seen mm -hmm. it i know i know what it is and yeah. and now like god's allowing us to communicate mm -hmm. 
in, in that in, in the in this particular environment yeah. that we're still in on on planet Earth, and like he allows us to do his handiwork, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like the whole idea of him leaving and saying like it's better than I go. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, now go to the to the nations. Go yeah. to, to every nation. Took a try. Like go, go fly, little birdie. Go yes. do it. Go do it. Like that. That part of Christianity is so cool, and that's what I think of when I think of the horizontal mission. Is like it doesn't just stop with like, bzzik, you're, like you're yeah. zapped, you're saved, and you get translated to heaven. Yeah, it's like that. Like again, meaning and adventure. I just think go hand in hand. Like yes. because there's meaning, there's also adventure, and God wants us to go on that adventure. And and like every day of life matters because of it. Mm, that's so beautiful, right? I mean, that, again, I think the heart of man and the depression we're seeing, the anxiety we're seeing, the despair we're seeing, I mean, it's because we're believing an alternative story. What you're describing is a better story. You're saying, look what God has invited us into. Get up. There's things to do, you know, and, and it's a beautiful thing like you to be a part of this. And it does give beauty to the, because sometimes we think I want some highly esteemed position or role where the world knows my name or sees me. And it's like, Brother Lawrence, the example yeah. of I'm doing the dishes and God is meeting me and I'm going to do this for the glory of God. But it's, it's crazy because he had so many incredible stories like this overwhelming presence of God just like flooding his heart with love and beauty and grace. And it was in doing the dishes. And honestly, it's funny. I will say it's and not, not a weird way, but when I look back at like 18 years old and I had all these dreams, all these ambitions. And for a year, God's like, you're going to be a janitor. You're going to work 40 hours a week. And you're not, I, I mean, I would go days without seeing a soul. Mm. And I remember just like from eight to five, you know, cleaning back. And all, but here's the thing. God did his best and deepest work where like, I, I needed to know that I'm not as great as I thought I was and Christ is way better than I thought he was. Like mm-hmm. I needed to know both. And I thought like that was happening. Like I feel like when I was cleaning toilets, I was still listening to sermons or worship and like my sin was being exposed. And like, because even as I'm cleaning the toilets, I felt good and self-righteous about it. I felt like, look at me. Mm-hmm. I could be doing this. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. God was just speaking into that. Like you, like, you know, there was like that. But wow. then he's like, but my grace is sufficient for you. And like, I love you. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm glad. And it's almost like, both like I needed to die in Christ and be made alive. And is that John the Baptist, hmm. you know, I need to decrease and he needs to increase. And, yeah. and I think that's such a okay. beautiful thing. Again, that's where identity's found is like the, the death of self. And I think we haven't even really got to that. Right. Which is when Jesus is like, if you want to be my disciple, so the gospel, this good news that we're invited into this, that what God has done for us, mm-hmm. it's that classic saying, but you know, salvation is completely free, but discipleship will cost you everything. Yeah. So salvation is free. Thank you, Jesus. By your blood, it is finished. It is done. Huh. But yeah. then he's like, now deny yourself. Pick up the cross daily and yeah. follow me. Yeah. If you want to find your life, lose it. Yeah. You know, and, and this is this life of picking up the cross. And it's weird. It's, it is that paradox of through death comes life. And that's, yeah. the, that's the resurrection. That's the gospel. Yeah. So Jesus is like, I'm inviting you into the gospel. I died. I live. I brought you life through my death. Now you're going to die and you're going to live. Yeah. And that's the gospel. It's like it's, we see the gospel in Jesus mm. and the gospel in us. So good. There's, there's this life and this death. You know, it's... I yeah. think it was, there's a book called True... I think it's called True Spirituality by Francis Schaeffer. I think that sounds right. And... You can, you can fact check that, but go ahead. Yeah, some of no, those... Go good, yeah. good. <laughs> but um, I think it's true... It's either true spirituality... Yeah, I think it is true spirituality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... That's basically like the, I think like the opening chapter, like mm-hmm. one of the first chapters of that book is like all, spiritual life begins with death. Yeah. And I remember reading that chapter for the first time and realizing like, that's basically like the whole camel entering through the eye of the needle mm, yeah, thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like, and that's the same reason why it's so difficult for the Pharisees. Yes. That's the same reason why it's so difficult for even like, you know, people in Judaism. Mm-hmm. 
or or you know any of these other religious traditions that exist where you're basically like i've got my set of you know practices that i'm yes. doing and i'm doing a pretty good job thank you very much yes and like and we see that we see that in our like modern day postmodern worldview of wokeism or whatever you want to call it yeah but it's it's a new form of religion it's a new form of beliefs it's a new form of i find my identity in this i mean i think it's both extremes are both are religious extremes Yes. Right, that you have to deny. deny. Well, that's, that's an interesting point. I, I, I mean, I would... What I, one of the questions that I wanted to ask is, like, what is, what is the gospel not? Mm. <laughs> and, 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 like, what, what I mean by that is that I, I do feel like at this particular time and place in history, there, there are, like, distortions and mm. perversions. For sure. Even within, like, Christianity. Obviously, like, culturally, there's a lot of weird things going on right now. But even like within the church, yeah. there's like there's the message that we're like doing our best to mm-hmm. fumble through and articulate that is the biblical Christian gospel message. Mm-hmm. And then there's like very subtle, clever ways in mm-hmm. which things are like inverted and distorted. And I feel like towards bringing clarity to like the genuine article, yeah. maybe we should look at some of the counterfeits. Wow, that's really good. Well, let's, like, okay, so let's talk about that because I think there's almost like a classical... There's two sides I want to look at, right? There's almost like the heretical side of the gospel mm-hmm. that is like Jesus is not fully God and fully man. Yeah. Jesus sinned. Jesus is born, not born of a virgin. I mean, I'm bringing up like kind of the heretical side. of go, no, he was born a virgin. No, he was sinless. No, he was fully God and fully man. Some of the classical, like we got to stay true to, obviously that's why I, I think we see Paul in you know, writing to the Galatians like, if I or an angel comes to you and preaches to you another gospel. Right. Right. And we see that. I mean, like the Book of Mormon had on it for a while. I think, I don't know if it still does, but it's called like another gospel, which is I so mean, ironic. Even Islam it yeah, was, of was an angel. It's another gospel. It's yeah. another false good news. Yeah. Right. And they also hijack the name Jesus. They hijack mm-hmm. certain terms and places and, that, and even maybe beliefs to an extent, but they're redefining them. You know, Jesus is fully God. He, he's not just a prophet. He is a prophet. He's the one true prophet, the last prophet, but he's yeah. more than that. Um, is it is it bad to say that the angel that visited Muhammad was probably not a good angel? Is that is that yes. a taboo thing to say? No, I mean why? I mean, it's I mean another but, gospel. That's what Paul says. Count them a curse. I mean, we have to say this is a, you're presenting to us a different Jesus. And whatever that angel was, I think presented itself as Gabriel. I'm pretty sure. Well, Joseph Smith, I think it was that for sure. I'm not sure if Islam was. I, I think the point of being like whether it appeared, you know, we're told in First Corinthians 11 or Second Corinthians 11 that yeah. angels of darkness can appear as angels of light. Right. right? Like, so we know that. Right. Like we know that not every glorious glowing being is a good angel. Yeah. That's what we're told, I think, in First John 4 to test the spirits. Right. And I think there's a side of it where, and he's saying that in, in context to believe in Jesus. You're talking about in Galatians? No, in First John now. First John 4, he yeah. says to test the spirits. And he's bringing up the yeah. idea of like, Whoever calls Jesus, you know, basically the Christ, yes. the Son of the Lord. Yes. And so there's there's certain things we got to know. Like, so is Jesus the one true Christ, Messiah, Mashiach? Like, yeah. is he the is he the one? Yeah. Um, and I, obviously, it's like he is sort of, you know, he's one, he's the one on this planet, or you know, yeah. he's one with another prophet that came out. It's always a redefining of Jesus. So yeah. I guess to get to your point, there's yeah. like the classical, you know, other gospels that I think are counterfeits that we have to be aware of, right? Mm-hmm. And they're probably more big worldview based, bigger religion kind of based. But then you're right. There is like a, it's almost like if you're going to say the gospel is dot, 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 I feel like we could see today in some ways, whether or not they would say this, what we're seeing is the gospel is social justice, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that's a, that's a huge part. And I think sometimes the church can go against that and go, man, this is the heart of God mm-hmm. you know, to love mercy, to walk humbly, you know, to do justice. Yeah. Like there's a side of it where like we really do miss it. We almost rebel against the, that we see like a hint of like, this is not the true gospel. Mm-hmm. So we go to another extreme. 
But I, I think we're seeing um, some of these ideas, like the gospel is basically God just affirming you in mm-hmm. every situation. Since you're, since you're loved, he affirms and just... And you should only be with people who affirm you. And the gospel is not con- confrontational. The gospel is not die to yourself, mm-hmm. pick up the cross. It's, it's a partial or impartial half truth of the gospel. Yeah. So I sometimes think there's like obviously the heretical things you got to be aware of. Like Jesus is fully God, fully man. Like, yes. But then we got to be aware of the subtleties yeah. where you go, wow, that sounds like beauty and, and truth. Like I, I want to be a part of, of the kingdom of God on earth as is in heaven. I want to be part of the pain and suffering. I want to, I want to be like Jesus and enter into that mm-hmm. because the church truly, and I think in America, maybe we've, we have built up walls towards people and we kind of have our, you're not thinking exactly like us, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone to extremes in that way. But then on the other hand, we affirm to the point where we're afraid to challenge, we're afraid to say that goes against the teachings of Jesus or the teachings of scriptures. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure you have some things in mind. I'd love to hear kind of what you're thinking. No, that's, I mean, honestly, that's really good. I like to put some, buzzwords around what you said like sure. I, I mean and this is not my phrase but yeah. like the first one like the kingdom without the king basically yes. yeah, absolutely i think that's huge i, I think that's Please explain that actually can you can i explain well that? i mean i feel like i feel like in some ways you just did which is it's like it's the mission uh, you know w- without god basically yeah. it's just the social justice it's just the we can have paradise on earth yes without the one who created it right yeah the king yeah exactly what you said yeah and um I could say more on that, but just to, sure. um, and, the, and then the second one I feel like is almost like Christianity as therapy mm. where it's like, I'm ultimately, I'm the, you know, um, the main character here mm-hmm. and God exists <laughs> to help me smooth out my rough parts, yeah. get me over the humps and basically that I would become a better person. Like, like that's what, that's what my therapist is teaching me how to do. Yeah. I'm getting all the toxic people out of my life. I'm dealing with my parents and telling them all the things that they did wrong. Mm. And I'm really kind of wow. getting everything sorted out. And I have God there to really validate me. Yes. And to um, basically help enforce the way in which I've kind of always been a victim to this terrible cohort of people that have always existed around me. Yeah. Oh you my know, gosh. It's, it's this weird version of Christianity. It is. It's, therapy it's so bizarre i mean it's hard because you know we got to be careful right there's some beautiful practices and you know self-talk matters and some of that stuff we see in the script like there's it's weird how all of satan's brilliant at taking truths the bible presents and i think bringing he makes it about that Mm -hmm. versus the one who gave us that tool for our tool belt like yeah he makes it about the wrong thing or but you are right i do see i remember going to this one church and Inst- I'm not going to mention any names, but instead of there being a Bible study yeah. or even a prayer night or a worship night mm-hmm. or even just getting together and talking about life, yeah. it was like a story group. Mm-hmm. And before it began, it was explicitly stated to me, do not quote any Bible verses. Do not lay hands on anybody and pray. Do not, God forbid, give any advice of any kind because that's all very, very detrimental. But what instead we ask that you would do during this time is we ask that you would give the person presenting, quote, unconditional positive regard. And there's a part of that that's yes. really cool because yes. it's not going right. to be judgmental. Sure. And it's not good to say, Come nope, you, wrong. I got the right answer. Oh, there's a verse for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 oh. Like there's an annoying person mm-hmm. that is heartless and mm-hmm. can just kind of stuff truth at you in a way, cram light down your throat. 
and, and make you reject it all the yes, more. I and, and nobody wants to be that person. No. And that's obviously not a good thing. No. But there's a huge chasm between that person mm-hmm. and this idea of unconditional positive regard. Yes. Because that particular night, this person went on to talk about how they were on Tinder mm-hmm. and all these things were happening. They were basically sleeping with a different girl like every night of the week. And some of those girls were even younger. And they were also like just chronically inward. I don't mm-hmm. know what, what I say in this podcast, but just chronically into like P&M. Mm. Are we allowed to say these things? Go, you just keep going. Go okay. So anyway, they they were totally in chains yeah. to yeah, yeah. lust, just yes. like in a horrible way personally, and just destroying the lives of people around Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And um, that whole thing, that whole thing was stated, and I'm sitting there, and my heart is like burning inside of me. I'm like, Preach I like I have to tell this person that like yeah. it's first of all like it's okay in the mm. sense that like. Because they were also just totally depressed and heartbroken mm-hmm. and just in a horrible place. And I wanted to say, like, like God hasn't given up on you. Yes. Like, God, God still loves you. God yes. is going to chase you down. And God can totally forgive all of that. And his grace is always going to go deeper than sin. Mm-hmm. But you literally need to, like, turn the corner. And, yes. like, we need to pray for you right now. I think it's very spiritual, too. I, I, I could, like, tell that there was a spiritual stronghold over yes. this person. The spirit of lust was very, very strong. And you could tell Ooh. that they, even they were, like, utterly know. afflicted by it. But instead, because I had been explicitly told none of that, please, but instead unconditional positive regard. So that's oh, a dramatic it, it, story. It honestly, no, it breaks my heart. I get, I get free. I, dude, I want to, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't fathom that. I remember you kind of telling me a little bit of that story. And I don't imagine Paul is in that room. You're like, hey, Apostle Paul, I know you're going to like, you're going to hear some stuff tonight, right? Whatever you do, do not preach the gospel. Like, it's, it's satanic. Like I, when I hear that, now here's the thing, because I, I do believe that that is not the Lord. I believe in the sense of if someone's coming to you and you have a, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to speak forth God's word, they're saying, no, our tactics are better. That's not from the Lord. Mm-hmm. However, I think, right, I'm not trying to say however, I'm like, I like kind of doing this because I think it's beautiful to go, you know what, we want to find a way to reach people. And so we, whether it's storytelling, for example, like I think the church could engage in better ways in reaching the culture and the, and the place they're in. And I think we could yeah. contextualize better. We absolutely could. It's okay to think outside the box to reach different people. I think that's beautiful, but it can't be at, for the sake of, but everything scripture says, we want you to quench the spirit tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we want you to grieve the spirit tonight. We want you to like, no, like it, it can be this. Um, we will create the most welcoming John eight, this woman caught in adultery. She can come in and, and she'll hear those words of Jesus, which is like twofold. Mm-hmm. Neither do I contend, condemn you. Go and sin no more. It is that boat. I think that's what the gospel is, right? The yeah. gospel is I don't condemn you. Like yeah. the love of God could not separate you from yep. you from him, but go and sin no more. Like to me, exactly. that's, that's what the gospel is like this. It's both. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I do think it's almost like one before the other. I do think it's neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Totally. Not go and sin no more. Now I won't condemn you. I think, I think it's like, it is like two feet to a dance and you kind of need to start with one foot, you know, but yeah, but you still need both feet and you can't just say, Hey, be one legged tonight. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Well, and, and this is sort of a cliche example, but it really is true. It's like if, if someone come, comes to you, I mean, if, well, I have two thoughts going on right now. Sure. The first one is like the person who has cancer and it's like, I have to tell you that you have cancer yeah. in order for us to get it treated. Like of if course. you don't think you have cancer, you're never going to go to the doctor. Like, so I have to like help you see that you do because I want you to get better. Like, and, and that's what I was feeling with that guy. It's like, we got like, we have to address that this is not okay. And that it's not just like, oh man, it sucks that like I'm dealing with this. Like you're dealing with it and you're doing it. Yeah. 
like b- both are true like it, yep. you are in a like a, a horrible feedback loop of like addiction and and, hor- and, yes. and sadness and like yes. i feel bad for you that your fiance broke up with you six yeah, months yeah. ago like i really really do mm-hmm. but like you're also acting a fool mm-hmm. and like doing really really bad things mm-hmm. to a lot of people around you like mm-hmm. like we have to we have to tell you oh. that this is not okay because wow. we want you to get like you know, we want you to like make a change, like turn, turn around, repent, come to Christ. Like wow. he, and this is okay. So no, please go ahead. The other thing is God through Christ, through the spirit of Christ, through the Holy spirit, which is given to people through repentance actually empowers humans to be better than they can be without him. Absolutely. And that part's like really significant. It's not just like you did bad, do better. And I think a lot of people do get that message out yes. of Christianity. That's not yes. what it is. Nope. It's like you are, disempowered i'm using mm-hmm. this guy as an example you're totally clearly disempowered and you need god yes because you need the power to overcome mm. sin yes. like you and sin is what you know it's such a theological like you, mm. you need the power to not hate your life mm-hmm. and to not do bad things all mm-hmm. the time to everybody around you and to like live in this horrible horrific circle that you're just going around and mm. uh, waking up in the morning saying i'm not going to do it again feeling depressed by the night, going back out, going back on tender, doing it all again, 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 again. Like you need to break that. And, Mm -hmm. and the only way that you break it is facing it, repenting of it, coming to God. And like, there really is power. Like, like, Mm -hmm. um, that idea of omnipotence. I've been Mm -hmm. like reading Mm -hmm. today and Mm -hmm. studying that idea of omnipotence. And it's like, it's good for us that God is omnipotent Mm -hmm. because he wields his power for our good. Mm -hmm. Like he uses his power in us to help us overcome. Mm-hmm. And that's real. It's not just like mm-hmm. we're sitting here going through our problems and looking at this like mm-hmm. distant God. We're like, wow, you're so powerful. That's so cool. You're so powerful in a galaxy far, far away. Like, no, yeah. it's like you're powerful and you wield it for me and you help me overcome. Like through you, I like all things are possible. I can, mm-hmm. I can like endure all things and I can overcome things like mm-hmm. because Christ overcame all things. Mm-hmm. Like, the power of God is given to us wow. as a gift. Wow. And, and that's what, anyway, anyway I'm on a soapbox. Here, no, but, but I think that like, that piece is missing too. It's not just yes, behavior. So it's not just do better. Mm-hmm. It's like repent so that you can get on the team that God mm-hmm. is on and and actually overcome stuff. That's so good because it's funny, right? So when we say what is the gospel, kind of started from this point, and you, you can't you can't leave out some of these key things. Like, well, it's power from on high to be an overcomer. Like, you know, by First John five talks about by this faith we overcome mm-hmm. and this overcoming of sin and and deal with think about that. Like that is. You know, there are people, John's like, you can't say you love God and hate your brother. He's dealing with these things saying the gospel has to transform your heart. So you might have heard the best news ever and say, I agree, Jesus died and rose again, but that it has to transform you. Hmm. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, that we should walk godly and soberly in this present age. Like it's this grace transforms, it teaches, it molds, it shapes, hmm. it tutors, it trains. However you want to put it, like the the grace gives you that power and the Holy Spirit, like you're saying, like, it's not just you. So when we say, you know, believe, we talk about being born again, we haven't gotten to that, but like Mm -hmm. the idea of like you have been born once of the flesh, now be born of the spirit. Just like I am born with certain like DNA in me to be a certain height and eye color, all that. Mm -hmm. I'm now born of the Holy Spirit. And with that come, comes new activities, new giftings, new passions, new will, new desires. You know, we forget to that, to tell people like when you believe on Jesus, and you're born again, and the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. That's that's part of this is a huge part of the gospel. Yeah. That God Himself is living and dwelling in you, and 
Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And all of these things we're like talking about, we're saying you now do have the power, not you, it's the power in you, Christ in you is that hope of yeah. glory to overcome these things. And you can't break this. And yes, there might be times like Romans 7, you are in the, you know, this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And we have to acknowledge that the, the gospel acknowledges that. It's saying, yeah, you still have your fleshly nature. You're still born with natural bents towards you and yourself and your flesh and your desires. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of God is in you. And it is Paul's basically going, who will deliver me from this body of death? And mm-hmm. here's what I love about Romans 7, because Paul's basically sharing the gospel beautifully, saying, be dead to sin, be alive to Christ, Romans 6, you know, kind of a thing. You're, you, have a, you have a better marriage, a better covenant. You're married to Christ, Romans 7, in the, in the beginning. And then Paul talks about that internal conflict of, like, the things I want to do, I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. things the things uh, I should be doing, I'm not doing it, and vice versa. Yeah. And then he goes, who will deliver me from this body of death? Right. And I love that question. And then what is his answer? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Romans 8, 1. Now there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So here's what he's saying. The same person who saved us from hell is the same person who saves us from us. Because Paul was talking about this internal conflict. I can't stop doing these things. Yeah. Who will deliver me? It's yeah. like, hey, remember the guy who saved you from hell? Jesus, yeah. who gave you salvation? He's the same person that saves you from you and your destructive habits, yeah. your destructive behaviors. So yes, Jesus is still the answer and still the solution. And you don't graduate from that. You know, you don't leave that. Yeah. Now there's no condemnation to those who walk according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. And he, he's walking through Romans 8 saying, now live according to the spirit, you know? Yeah. And I, what I love about that is sometimes we, we can leave people and like, you believe this, you're good. You believe in Jesus. He died for us again. Okay, you're good. All right, good luck in the Christian life. And we, we forget to be like, well, okay, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about you know, developing this, abiding in Christ and just enjoying him and seeking his power from on high and, and praying and fasting and all these ways that we really try to get in tune with God, these ways we open our heart up and say, God, ex- you know, I want ex- you to expose those sins in me and empower me, fill me. Mm-hmm. And so the gospel is all of that, right? Yeah. It's not like that's part of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why this is so passionate because we're saying when we, whatever topic we bring up in the future, how, as difficult as it may be, we're basically saying, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be that my, your will is the gospel. I want your yeah. will. I want your will over my belief system on this topic that I hold so dearly to my heart. Yeah. You know, cause I think that's the thing. It's like when Jesus says, come and follow me and deny yourself at the cross, every single person has things they have to deny themselves of. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you say, Jesus, I will follow you, but I will not deny my view of sexuality. I will not deny my view of money, of power, of sex outside of it. I will not deny my view of you fill in the blank. Yeah. As soon as you say that, then Jesus isn't Lord. Yeah. And that's something I almost wanted to like briefly touch on is the gospel is he's our savior, but he's our Lord. Yeah. I mean, right. Every time in the gospel, you see, let's not briefly encounter. touch there. Let's Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but let's do it. Right. Cause is there yeah. not always this reaction of like my Lord, my God, Thomas yeah. or Peter it's... goes to part from me. Like for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Like yeah. there's this, there's this acknowledgement, like you are Lord. Yeah. You're not just savior. Like what you says go and the part of the gospel, big part of the gospel is I'm coming under your Lordship. Yeah. Not just your saving. Yeah. grace but your lordship so much to say on this um god god is not sadistic mm. he doesn't just want us to say no to the things that we desire because yes, it's definitely. like uh these I'm are just these are just my yeah. rules yes this is just how it is every time that god is calling us to deny our flesh in whatever variety it's not that he is 
keeping us from fun and yes. freedom that exists in that so desire. Good. He's actually freeing us from what we thought was freedom, but was actually a, a, a snare. Absolutely. Every single time mm-hmm. we think that the thing that our heart is desiring that is not of God is, it, it is something that like is our identity that we, that we love to do. And it's every single time. It's literally a trap. It's, 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 it's actually a snare. So the hard stuff of Christianity is the sanctification part where we're di- we're dying to our flesh every day mm-hmm. and we're and we're basically laying down our idols to Jesus and we're saying like oh this is tough yeah because like i really want to get the last word of this argument with my mm-hmm. wife right now and i have <laughs> such a good zinger it's so good so you're in mind is that why no, you're saying that i'm just, just, I'm just yeah <laughs> Um, or whatever the case may be, yeah. like the, the, the times when we're just like aware of the battle that exists within our will, like yeah. we have like our own will and then we have the Holy Spirit yes. and like Paul describes that conflict very real. <laughs> Any Christian knows it. Yeah. But like the point of it again is not like God's just like enjoying seeing us wriggle mm. under the fight of saying no to ourselves. So it's like God is like literally slowly painfully pulling us out of illusion and towards reality, mm-hmm. pulling us out of chains and into marvelous light. Mm-hmm. Like every single time it's like, he's shaping us into the image of his yes. son. Ultimately he's having his way from with us. And so it's so good, but it's like, it hurts, but it's like, yeah, it hurts. Like I'm pulling off that bandage. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm resetting that broken wound. Like yes. pick your metaphor, but like every time that it hurts and you're like, Oh yeah. Why am I like, you know, not like, I want to do this. Why can't I do it? And you brought up, you know, some hot button issues with sexuality. And in our culture, there's nothing that is more Mm. celebrated as one of these things I'm talking about. One of these things that the flesh desires, there's nothing that's more validated more celebrated as a virtue, even as a virtue than, than sexuality. Like Mm -hmm. talking about identity earlier Mm -hmm. as well, like sexuality has become the new primary metric by which we measure identity. Mm -hmm. What is your identity? Well, I'm going to answer that question in terms of my sexuality. And we even have like fill in the blank pronouns available to us on Twitter, et cetera. And the thing though is like, once you understand kind of the, the way that God has, has chosen to deal with people, Mm. which is that like, yes, I'm going like if you if you make me your lord mm-hmm. meaning like my my way not your way. Yeah. Um you're signing up with the whole program like going into the military or something. Mm-hmm. But you you're doing so because you know that it's for your best good yes. because you you have actually looked inside of yourself and you know how empty it is there. Mm-hmm. And you know that you need it. Like you you know that you need you you desire to be with God and to be like God. And you know that the only way to do that is through Christ. Yes. So you actually just lay all that stuff down. And you're like, oh, I desire this, but I know that it's not good. So once you're, once you have a Christian mindset that mm. you've been given by the Holy Spirit, the mind of Christ, mm. you understand the kind of the mathematics of the rest of your life, and you understand that like every desire that runs contrary to the will of God, by default, must be laid down at the cross. Yes. And you say, okay, we got another one that just popped up. We got to weed it out. We got to mm. weed it out, and you deal with it through that lens. Mm. Which is why when it comes to people who are in different types of, you know, sexuality, whether that's trans or, or homosexual community, whatever, mm-hmm. but who actually mm-hmm. come to Christ, you see that it is suddenly not that complicated. Yeah. You see people that are like, 
my identity is i mean i literally watched dozens of of these beautiful videos on tiktok of people that are like you know post trans or x trans or however mm-hmm. you want to call it where they're like i was so convinced that if i did this and changed my body in this way or people referred to me by these pronouns that then i would really feel like i was me in my own skin yes. my identity would align like my body and my, mm-hmm. and my mind would align and i would feel like i was home and all, mm-hmm. and all was well and it didn't happen and it confused mm-hmm. the heck out of me but when those people come to Christ and they're given the new name that we talked about, and they're mm-hmm. sealed with the spirit, mm-hmm. they understand who they are and, and God, mm-hmm. um, it, it suddenly doesn't mm-hmm. become that complicated mm-hmm. because what God is offering us is what we ultimately need, is what ultimately satisfies us. And like I said, it's actually, he's like, whether it's in, whether it's a, a gay or trans sure. or whatever person or anybody else, yes. it's all the same. Yes. It's always, I'm pulling you out of illusion and into reality. Yes. I'm pulling you out of chains and towards myself mm. into freedom every single time. Jeez, that, geez, that's so beautiful. And I, what I love about this talk and what this conversation is, is I think people, like you said, that that phrase, I want, I wasn't at home like I was hoping. And I feel like there, there's some deeper desire they're searching for, right? And it's so beautiful when you say, wow, like I, I could never be in this place. I'm at home with the Lord. It's not so much my body and my spirit aligning as much as like my spirit and God aligning. Yeah. But also, it's weird, but I love about the gospel. It's saying, you know, does something feel off? Does this feel like this is not your home? Does it feel like you're not in the right... Even if you have that thought or feeling that maybe I'm not in the right body. Like, there's people out there, I have that thought. Mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, it's cool. The Bible talks about how one day you'll have a new body in heaven, a glorified, redeemed body. Yeah. Yeah, sin corrupts this body. Sin corrupts our mind. Sin yeah. corrupts our thoughts, our thinking. Yeah. Because realize my thinking is corrupted. I can't trust necessarily my thinking perfectly. There's yeah. a side of it where I have to realize, like, I need revelation. I need rescuing. I need something outside of me. You know, yeah. and I love there's always like some sort of gospel like like approach to saying there's some greater longing you have for maybe a new body. Can I tell you one day you will have that in heaven? Yeah. Uh, can I tell you that in heaven, you know, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male or female. They're all one in Christ Jesus. My point being that there might be something redemptive about that feeling they have rather than just straight condemning it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, let's. is there something we can redeem out of that? I, I'm saying Jesus calls you out of that. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say that. Uh, we affirm it. I'm trying to say that Jesus calls us out of, of our way of thinking into his way of, of living. But what I love is the Bible saying there is like this Galatians 3, you know, this, this idea of like, why, why do we see so many race battles? Why do we see so many gender battles? Why do we see, why do we see so much of this? And then Paul's going, do you not see that you're one in Christ? Yeah. Uh, my point just being that I just like the gospel is the solution to those oh cravings and frustrations and pain and suffering uh, that we are seeing. Yeah. And I think that's what's beautiful is saying rather than like shine away from it. It's like, man, I want to explore that desire more. Maybe, you know, maybe this desire can't be satisfied here. Maybe it's because you weren't created for this world. Maybe it's because you're created for another world. Maybe because the desire will be satisfied somewhere else. And we have to explore that. Like, why? That's why you're called citizens of heaven. That's why the Bible says, present tense language, you are seated in the heavenly places. It's like trying to acknowledge, like, this is not your home. And I understand why you don't feel at home here. And I understand why you might feel this way. And it's sad, again, if there is anyone who listens to this or will listen to this and has ever felt that way, it's like, the gospel's for you. Jesus extends the hand of grace towards you and says, you are mine. (laughs) Um, You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And sin is corrupted everything and i've come to redeem that and i will give my body so you can have a resurrected body and i just the gospel is that solutions that craving we're truly longing for yeah um and so i guess you know i know we could keep going on but i guess brandon what is missing from this like what do you feel like some some i don't want to say closing thoughts maybe we'll keep going for a while longer for i know but mm-hmm. what are some thoughts you're like i want to make sure you know we, we're talking about the gospel i, I want to make sure i don't leave this out i want to make sure this is addressed i want to make sure this is talked about there, I mean, there's a, honestly a lot that we haven't said um, that we're, that's why we're doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. we could say down the road. But I, I think kind of on this topic that we're on right now, 
Um, I, I guess I guess I just want to say that like it, it really all does um, like kind of like what you were saying about Ecclesiastes, where it's like n- like nothing like it's it's like everything is meaningless and if it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, like the way that God has has kind of orchestrated it is like once you do come low mm-hmm. and do like mm-hmm. the death that leads to life that we're talking about. Once mm-hmm. you are like, I, I just. I just surrender myself fully to you, God. Yeah. Like I, I, I have a lot of things I'm bringing to the table here. Um, it's probably going to be complicated, but I, I basically have, you know, looked, I've read, you know, the new Testament for the mm-hmm. first time, or I've read even the book of John for the first time or whatever. And I'm, I want to, I mean, it sounds weird to say give Jesus a try, but like, I basically like, I'm willing, like, if, if you can do something with my life that I haven't been able to do with it, then, like, have your way with me. Like, mm-hmm. please. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I would just recommend to anybody that, like, is on the fence. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you have, like, a bunch of, like, baggage and things, like, you, you know, you're it's hard to get to that place. But if you're just like, I just don't know. I just don't know. Um, one of the best evidences of that it's all real mm-hmm. is that it works. Mm-hmm. Like, people's lives are changed by Jesus and they have been changed by Jesus for 2000 years. Yes. And they're all, they're all telling you that that's who changed them. It's mm-hmm. not like it's happening mystically yeah. or invisibly. Like they're saying it? I once was blind, but now I see mm-hmm. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. People like anybody who has ever called themselves a Christian, mm-hmm. that's what they're saying. Wow. And they're going from, I couldn't, I couldn't break this habit. I couldn't get over this sin. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. like, you know, lo- love my name, na- like yeah. literally my neighbor or my coworker or whatever. I, I just, I, or, I, or I couldn't, you know, stop doing this or I couldn't start doing that yeah. or whatever. And, um, and also like I hated myself and I was depressed or whatever. Mm. Like there's so many versions of this idea of transformation. Yes. But it, like God does transform people, whether, whether listener to this podcast, you feel that way or not, or agree with that or not. Mm. It doesn't even matter. God, God, um, has changed millions of people's lives through the gospel mm. and will continue to do so until he returns. So the, my point of that is like, it's, it's probably the best apologetic of all. Yeah, it's a great, it's phenomenal. Like the fact that the gospel, when applied, when the blood is applied, it it always transforms a person's life. And the and here's the other thing is like, he who began a good work won't stop until mm-hmm. he sees it to completion. Mm-hmm. So this can be a whole other episode of mm-hmm. how exactly does salvation work? Is it a, can you circle the date on the calendar? Sure. Is it a process, the parable of the sower versus the, you know, you must be born again. Like there's... Yeah. It's, it is complicated, and I, I actually, that wouldn't be a good podcast, um, <laughs> sure. honestly. Yeah. But but the point is, at, at some point, you're the seed who had the right soil, and or you're, sorry, you're the soil that the seed went into, and it budded, and a new life was born. And at whatever point that yeah. happens, yeah. whether it was, for me, to be honest, I'm even like a little bit confused about this. I'm like, was yeah. it when I was six or was it when I was 18? So I, I have the same, same exact conundrum, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the point is, at some point... I, I was born again. Yes. And um, because of that, I'm on this like railroad track now. Yeah. And I, like, I'm, I'm going in a particular direction. And ob- it doesn't mean that my will is gone, mm-hmm. but it means through all my mistakes, I'm headed in a particular direction. It's like the stock market. It's going to have ups and downs. Yeah. But like God is pointing me 
like yeah. upward. I always agree. Like uh, that's a stillest, but I agree. Like I, I view it like a car navigation. When you make a wrong turn, it's like I might have a detour of like five minutes now, but it's still going to be in the same spot. And it's just funny how like you know these people go, "Can I mess my life up?" I'm like, I don't, I don't know if you have that much power. Like in the sense of in some ways, but like you go, look at there's this end destination, and whether or not you miss the exit and have to go five miles opposite direction, you're gonna get off in five miles. You're gonna turn around. You know, sorry, but and sometimes that. and yeah. sometimes that might look like you know sure. being shipwrecked. Yeah, it might be painful. Um, going to jail and tell you like Joseph, you know, like you know being yeah. utterly betrayed. Having your head sliced off, being crucified upside down, being burned alive, yes. having your wife tortured. Like, yes. That might look like a lot of crazy things, but it's still true. Mm. Because death isn't the end. Mm. Because death is just a doorway. Mm. And because all of the deposits that are made in this life are for the mm. next life. Well, and that's the only perspective that actually, again, not only gives life meaning, but allows you to look at the gosh. bad things that happen and to realize, like, temporary bad mm -hmm. when through it comes eternal good is ultimately still good that's how yes. god works all things together for the good even as the church is slain and martyred and, and the blood of the you know in the book of revelation there's a special mm -hmm. place for martyrs i think it's because mm -hmm. that's like the, the the richest place where those believers actually like got it and they, mm -hmm. they, they didn't just get it theoretically they were like i actually believe in life oh. to come i actually be believe mm -hmm. in jesus enough to say yeah, you can burn you can burn my body, but you'll never have my soul. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, th that's the mentality that historic Christians have always had. That yes. seems kind of crazy nowadays. Because yes. yeah. like, what are we talking about? Like yeah. dying and being chopped so up. We don't as... really know many. They, it's like everyone knew someone like that then. Right. How many of us know someone by name like that now? But think about yeah. the power yeah. of that. Like, of course. Like, like the gospel is real, and one of the best reasons to to uh, to see it that way yeah. is that it works. Yes, no doubt. I think that's one of the best apologetics. You're absolutely right. I also believe in, not, not to kind of go back too much, but to say the resurrection of Jesus is the most profound, true, historically reliable event that's ever happened in human history. Yeah. I truly do believe that with all my heart. The more you say, the more you go. It is undeniable. Um, and I, I want to give some of those reasons in a few weeks. But my, my, my point, I guess, um, is when we struggle with the hard things, like people who say, I can't believe in Jesus because of his views on marriage or because of his ethic or his view. And it's like, fine, don't believe in Jesus because of that. Did Jesus rise from the grave? Like the point being like, did this man rise? Is there, is there enough evidence, you know, did, did he rise or not? Like if he did not rise, then I agree with you. He, those views are ridiculous. I agree with you. I would not take the same ethic as him. I agree with you. Like my flesh doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. My flesh wants something that's gonna glorify me, self-fulfill me. My point being, if Jesus Christ is risen, it doesn't matter what I think or feel about any other topic. If he's risen, that absolutely changes everything. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is sometimes when we talk about something like so big and vast of the gospel, we can get into step two, three, four, five. I know. But, but part of it is just, did Jesus Christ rise from the grave? Yeah. Do you believe this? Yeah. Do you believe that he's the resurrection of life? And if yeah. you believe in him, though you die, you shall live. Like, do you believe yeah. that? Because then it, it makes the other stuff easier to go. Even though this is hard for me, even though naturally I grew up with a different way of thinking, mm -hmm. um, I know this man, Jesus, rose from the grave, and that same power lives in me. So yeah. you know what? Giving up my thinking on this topic, though painful and though countercultural to what I grew up with or what I believe believes for so long, yeah. I believe that it's willing sacrifice I will make because I know that that power of Jesus is alive. He's living in me mm -hmm. and I'll gladly give up this belief for him. It might be painful. It might be hard. Uh, you know, it might be difficult in the future, whatever, but it's so worth it because I know Jesus Christ has risen. And I think my point of that is we get sometimes so sidetracked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what are your thoughts on this? And it's like, pardon me when I get asked that from like a non-believer, I'll be like, Hey, can I just ask you, uh, do you believe that guy Jesus rose again? Because yeah. there's no point in me answering if you're going to say no. Like, meaning, yeah. I understand that why this is such a heavy topic for you. But if he rose, if he rose, yeah. he is Lord. 
And yeah. if he rose, it doesn't matter what I think or you think on that topic. If he rose again, everything he says, I must follow. Here's yeah. the guy who conquered hell and death. So if he rose, you better believe I'm willing to give up a few things for that. You know, and I think that's one of the so things good. we got to consider. we got to consider the resurrection, I think, before other things. It's, it's all about authority. Yeah. And, and, and trust. Like, if, if you know... Um, yeah, it's like if Jesus rose from the dead, um, it, it's just crazy how it all goes together. Like I, yes. I was even thinking about this with the omni, yeah, the yeah. attributes of God. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, and the, you know, spoiler alert or whatever, but I, like well, these would, these would, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right, yeah. Th- these would all be horrible mm. if God wasn't good. Yes. These would be. That's why I saved it, bro, for the last. Uh, these would know. be, <laughs> these would be so scary and like yeah, yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like God's like all powerful. <laughs> And he's everywhere, and he knows everything, and he's watching you, and he's going to get you for sure. Like, if God wasn't good, he'd be like, oh, this is like... That's why we did God is good and God is grace before all those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but um, because God is like... I mean, that, that I think, personally, this is like... Uh, this is I can't prove this from sure. Scripture. This is just my take, so grain of salt. Yeah. But I think that, like, at least a large part of the reason why jesus did ministry for three years before going to the cross because like the main work that he did was on the cross Mm -hmm. but i think all of the stuff he did for those three years was just to make it so abundantly clear what he's like Mm -hmm. and just to like give you so much to sink your teeth into Mm -hmm. and just fall in love with him over and just Mm -hmm. be like you're like that and you're Mm -hmm. like that and you're also oh my gosh like you're you're the best of all of us Mm -hmm. like i mean i think that those stories exist so that by the time that he dies you're like unreal and then when he rises again you're like yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're like you now have authority mm-hmm. you are now the name yes. above all names like it, 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 and i'm so happy mm-hmm. that it's you because mm-hmm. i feel like i i feel like i have such a good sense of who you are like the, mm-hmm. the invisible god has been given a mm-hmm. name his name is jesus yes and he's amen. good and he and and, yes. and he is powerful and he has yes. that authority that the resurrection really gives him mm-hmm. he's defeated Absolutely. satan he has that authority now all those pieces in context it's like now yeah. I can just say, okay, I trust yes. you. I'm yours. Yes. And, and it becomes like that. I think that's the secret of the easy yoke in mm-hmm. some ways. It's, it's like, it's like, mm. um, you're you're telling us to take up our instrument of torture. Yeah. But you did it first, mm-hmm. and you're showing us what it looks like. Exactly. And you gave. And by the way, you, like Christ also gave up so much more than we can ever give up. Like, perfect mm-hmm. Prince of Heaven, without mm-hmm. sin, mm-hmm. in His glory. No reason to come to took earth. Took on a body. Took on a it's body. A body. In a little manger. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. r- it, like it, it, nothing yeah. else even comes close. And so Gosh. he's like, okay, you guys, like, I've done 99.999% of the movie, the movie <laughs> Hitch. I just need a little 0.0001%, like, you know. But, like. Actually, we should have. Wait, what? No, I think you guys. You guys. My my point is that yes. God, God has done hundred yes. percent of what yes. saves us, but like the the idea of like the Christian life yes. or die to yourself, it's like guys, come on, like are we really going to cling so tight fistedly yes. to these temporary things that we think matter? Yes. In light of the God Absolutely. who has given us everything, like yeah, yeah like yes. I mean, freely give yourself re- to God. Freely receive, freely give. Exactly. Right? Um, I mean, you're you're spot on. It, it's there's so many elements of the gospel that are just beautiful that we should. Tr- you know, that's why I think there's that, is it Martin Luther, that famous quote of preach the gospel to yourselves every day. The mm-hmm. idea of like, because there's a new element, a new beauty, a new layer, a new depth, 
a new richness you haven't explored yet. It's that mountain that hasn't been mined yet. You're like, there's some treasure in there. It might take a while and it might not be easy. And our little five minute, you know, brains that cannot handle, you know, we can't handle more than 30 seconds of whatever. Like we yeah. have to, it does take time to just kind of sit at the feet of Jesus, soak him in, take it in, pray, meditate, sing, celebrate, journal, whatever. It just takes time to, to do that. But what you said was so beautiful to me of this name, Jesus, you know, at the, at the name of Jesus, there's no salvation mm. under heaven given among men by which we must be saved that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And I think the gospel is this, you will confess Jesus as Lord, either here on the earth or under the earth. Mm. And I think every tongue, and that's so crazy when I think about that, every tongue, any person you've ever disagreed with, any, any certain public figure that were like, oh, I don't like that guy, which is terrible. But you look at that and go, that person will confess with their tongue. Sooner or later, Jesus is Lord. Yep. They, will, they will know. And I think that's why Acts 4.13, it's like, man, this, or Acts 4.12, just the idea, though, of just the salvation is found in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. You know, God has been given a name. His name is Jesus. Yeah. But meaning that this, who he is, what he's done, um, what others have seen him do, what others have claimed he's done. These stories have been passed down. It's so beautiful, so rich. So a couple of, th- I guess, thoughts for me, like, you know, in closing in some ways, I yeah. look at the gospel as, um, you know, I think it's that classic Piper quote where the gospel is God. You know, mm-hmm. when you say mm-hmm. it short, like the gospel is not just heaven and streets of gold mm-hmm. and new fruit on trees, which I love, mm-hmm. but the gospel is like, we, you get God. Yeah. What this intimacy we had with God that was lost in the garden. The good news is you get intimacy with God. I don't think I found that. I really don't. I think John 17, three, when Jesus says, this is eternal life that they may know you mm-hmm. like, whoa, eternal life is knowing God. And anyways, I, you know, it's again, like you said, if it's, when you look at these other attributes or characteristics of God, it's so much more. You go, wow, but He's He's good and He's beautiful and He's grace and He's just holy and He's you know. There's it just makes it so much more like I get Him. Like I don't I don't I don't think I get that by any means. When I look at it like that, that's one thing I would I would say like want to share, um, and just you know I guess my thought is this: what what element or what aspect of the gospel, if you can say summarize quickly, but what is what part of the gospel are you, or have you been falling in love with all over again? Or what part of Jesus or just what part of just the good news, the story of you have been saved, you're being saved, you will be saved. What, what is right now um, captivating your heart, Brandon? Yeah. Um, for me, the past probably six months, it has really been the, um, the adoption into his family. Mm. Um, just I, I told you the whole this whole story in depth, but just um, that that revelation that I had of um, you're my boy too, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and just seeing the family tree that exists <laughs> in God through Christ mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. that I'm grafted into, and that and there's even a I think it's in Ephesians. I always get the, this these sure. references wrong, but. It's that idea of that we're living stones mm-hmm. that are being placed into the temple of God next to the prophets mm-hmm. and next to the apostles. Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy to think about there's like a stone like named Josiah and sure. Brandon that's like next to like Paul and, you know, Moses. It's like in the same the building. Pebbles next to like... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but but it's like um, we're in like the house of God. Like we yeah. fit into his kingdom and and we fit into his, his family. Um forever like 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 just that idea of adoption has been so sweet for me um which 
I guess is a I guess probably like a fruit of the gospel more than like a, a direct yeah, aspect though. of the gospel. But that's just been something that like, which I guess does kind of go to identity. I've been, um, you know, trying to have a kid mm-hmm. and thinking mm-hmm. a lot about the idea of being dad mm. um, through that process and thinking a lot about being a son mm-hmm. and having a dad and having a heavenly dad mm. and just all of those like deep things that come as you think about like, man, like family and, and, um, there's a lot I could say about this, but, um, I'll save that for a different podcast, but in in a nutshell, just that my primary identity in life that I, Mm -hmm. that everything else orients around is that I am a son of God. Um, it's just, it's like insane. Absolutely. I would I would say there's nothing we we don't spend enough time uh, thinking about how we are like trophies of grace. We don't think we don't spend enough time thinking about what God says. You are a sheep, a part of my fold. Mm-hmm. I'm the good shepherd. Like all the identity statements in the Bible need there. You just need there needs to be some slow meditation process taking it in because how many different names or, or titles or labels are we given in a beautiful redemptive way from God. And it's, it's overwhelming. You go, wow, God, you, you feel this, what you think this way, you say this about me. Um, again, that's why I, sometimes this question can be so academic or daunting mm-hmm. where we miss out on just the beauty and the, you are mine, you are mine. Mm-hmm. Like I love, and I think it's second Timothy two, where he talks about two things that the Christian has, which is you depart from sin. And he says, and the Lord knows those who are his. Mm-hmm. And just that, like, that's so beautiful. Like, and God's like your mind, and it's Romans eight. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're sons of God. Yeah. And just going, hey, Brandon, like I'm gonna bear witness to your spirit that you're you're a son of God. Hmm. And that's it's like okay, well, people are like I don't know how how like how do you get that? Like I, I remember hearing those verses as like high school, and I'm like I don't have that. This spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a son of God. Yeah. And it's just weird. It's one of those things where it's like receive it. <laughs> you're like what is some but like the same way you're, you're saved. A belief, believing in Jesus, calling upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's like what Jesus said, you don't have the Holy Spirit because you don't ask. Like your father wants to give you, it's his good pleasure to yeah. give you the spirit. Yeah. And there's a side of it where we just got to go, okay, I re- I just received what Christ has done for me, salvation. Like I'm mm-hmm. receiving what Christ has done for me. And it's the same thing with just like that, just that, again, like that's why I think there's like many salvations in our Christian life. Mm-hmm. I-, I know it's probably a bad way of putting it, but like, I love that it's, you should hopefully feel at different points in time in your life like, wow, I just feel like God just freed me from something else. He just yeah. rescued me from something else. Yeah. And it's like a little mini salvation. And it might be an identity thing like what he spoke over you recently, mm-hmm. which is so beautiful. You know, my, my thing is this. Um, I would hope anyone, <laughs> whether this is people listen to this or not, I just hope that you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. I mean, this is the gospel. The Gospels, Jesus is Lord, and God raised him from the dead, the resurrection. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the grave? You will be saved. All those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Like what I love about this is like it is so simple, so beautiful, so rich, so vast, and even belief. I mean, we didn't get into when it comes to the Gospel. What does belief mean? What does belief look like? But it's this whole heart trust, surrender. It is I'm complete. I'm in. I'm all in, and I'm in Christ. And uh, I can believe airplanes can fly, but I can also get in an airplane and let it fly. And that's, uh, do you really believe it? Or do you believe it to the point where you get in? You know, get in, believe, get in, let it fly. <laughs> like, I know. you know, we might believe it theoretically, but get in. 
and yeah. so I'd say, believe on Jesus and you shall be saved. That's what Peter says, right? Like, that's what Paul says in the, the, the book of Acts. It's like, just repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. It's so beautiful, so simple. I like, thank you, Jesus. Okay. But it's also, repentance is painful and it, there's just so much attached to it. Like, it's not easier said than done, but yeah. it's also at the same time, it is the thief on the cross. It is, will you remember me when you enter into your kingdom? Like, yeah, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah. I mean, that is the gospel. It's just all these beautiful little moments where you go, really? Like yeah. it's that it's the Jesus blood. He's the lamb of God that was slain. Yeah. And it's his blood. And it's <laughs> that I'm applying in a sense that I'm believing on. Um, and if we say believe it's worth it, believe it, uh, change lives. Absolutely. Jesus is risen, <laughs> but believe he's risen. Indeed. Believe in the Lord Jesus. You'll be saved. My, my last thought that's so beautiful. And just, uh, even a epilogue on that is just that it's don't ever think that it, that it's not for you. Yeah. I mean, I, it is something that I, that I want to say, like mm. looking at scripture, like you brought up the thief on the cross and basically everybody that God has dealt with in scripture, he's, he's always chosen to use the person that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. And the point of that is like, it's not about God, like liking good people mm. or, or powerful people mm -hmm. or significant people. Mm -hmm. Like ev everything that we're talking about, um, you know, we are, we are talking into microphones. So there's the assumption that there's other people that might be listening to this. Sure. And, um, it's just like so many people that I've talked with in the past just haven't opened that line of communication to God. Mm -hmm. Just said like, is this for me? Like, mm -hmm. like haven't even tr tried mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Haven't even tried prayer. Haven't even like said like, you know, yeah. ha just haven't taken that step. It's like, I don't believe in God. It's like, well, have you ever reached out? And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, have you, have you ever read? Have you ever like, wow. you know, gone there? It's like, no, nah, that's, that's more for church people, yeah. you know, that, that yeah. kind of an idea. And, and so I guess just in summary, my, my last thing is like everything that we're describing, the richness of it, the fullness of it, the glory of it mm. is for everybody. If you're mm -hmm. listening to this and you're like, wow, this is crazy. Like it's a hundred percent for you. Mm -hmm. Like, like Christ died for all so that all might live. Oof. Yes. That's it. Amen. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for loving us. <laughs> we love him because he first loved us. Um, there's nothing more beautiful. That's why, man, I think about my childhood of like all of these songs, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, hmm. you know, and all those different songs, just, you know, call upon Jesus. He, he, he's near, um, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. We would love for everyone to receive the, the free gift of salvation found in Jesus because the wages of sin is death. I mean, there's no getting around it and it's death physically, but it's death eternally. And the gospel is such good news because he has saved us from eternal damnation, separation from him, which was not his will for us, obviously, in which we talked about last time, but it was not made for us. Um, but the, the, it, again, the gospel is good news because the bad news is very real. And mm -hmm. so we would love for everyone to receive Jesus. So, um, dude, I love this and I love you and I love your heart for Jesus. Thanks, man. Same, bro. <laughs>